Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's Fit D in the Know. I'm so excited to be here with Meg today. Hello. Um, in her lovely home. So this is fun. Yes. A nice change of pace from the, the restaurant. The baby's crying and the dog's barking. No. It's, perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. So we are going to just jump right in because we have Let's so much to talk about. So I'm mm -hmm. so excited. So you and I met together. Gosh, we've been working together Six for a while. Yeah, something, something like that. Maybe. I think, yeah, yeah I think you were time. at Kate Somerville when we met. Okay. Yeah. So yes. yeah, it's been a minute. But I mean, you have been in-house for brands, yeah. you have started your own company and work with brands that way now, but you've really done so many things and had so much success doing all of it. So can yeah. you tell us a little bit about your career and sure. what led you to the place where you are now? Sure. So um, I am originally from the East Coast. I'm a New York slash Jersey girl and started my career on the agency side in New York. And um, actually what brought me to LA was um, one of my clients, a beauty client, I always worked in beauty PR, uh, was Jouer Cosmetics. And candidly, I'd worked in the city for about five years, working with a lot of different brands. An agency, I think, is a mm -hmm. great place to start an, any PR career because you learn so much. It's, it's an intense environment. Um, you're working with so many different brands, very fast paced, so a, a good place to start. Um, Jouer Cosmetics was my client. Um, I'd left, went to another agency. They went to another agency. And I had a great relationship with the founder. So here's my little pep talk about always keep in touch with uh, former bosses and colleagues because much of my career is credited to that. Um, and I really just loved the California lifestyle. So yeah. I reached out to the founder, said, hey, if you know anyone looking for some in-house PR, I really want to focus on one brand. And she said, I would love to have in-house PR and I'd love to hire you. So I moved to California and I was UA's first in-house PR director, um, which is an incredible experience, you know, working just for one brand and being exposed to much more than just the PR side, yeah. the product development, working with the marketing teams, the sales teams, kind yeah. of seeing like the 360 picture of how yeah. everything um, how everything works together. Um, and then Kate Somerville came calling and quite similar to Jouet, they had an agency, had always been with an agency and hired me to oversee their PR and create their first in-house team. So Amazing. that was a really exciting opportunity. Um, six months into my role at Kate, the brand was acquired by Unilever, mm -hmm. which was scary for a day. And then when I realized I still had a job and thankfully everyone at the company did, um, it was really exciting. It was really exciting to be a part of um, you know, a Unilever owned brand and, and, and you know, watch it grow. Um, and at Kate, which what was really neat was, um, and I saw some really, really at Jouet, um, the results within my first year there really were huge. And much of that was um, due to just being focused on one brand. Yeah. And I think what I saw was, you know, agencies are terrific. Um, you know, obviously, uh, every agency is different. And um, if you find great account people, you can have an incredible experience. But there really is so much value in working with somebody in-house who's fully dedicated to you. Yeah. So um, Meg Young Media, <laughs> my current role, uh, founder of Meg Young Media, started just over a year ago, right around the yeah. time that you left and started your own. Um, and that came about a little bit because of personal reasons. I had uh, two babies, Irish twins, back to back. Um, which was a big surprise, a huge blessing. And um, 
I really wanted to be able to work, you know, from home, have a yeah. little bit more flexibility. Yeah. So it was a decision I made rather abruptly. I remember um, over a weekend, essentially told my husband I was starting my own consultancy. I was seven and a half months pregnant with baby number two. And I thought I'm probably not going to have any business until after the baby comes. So I'm warning you. And I, you know, resigned from Kate, which was hard to do. I loved the brand. And they said, we'll be your first client. So that was amazing and, um, you know, fantastic. Then Jouet Cosmetics hired me back. So out of the gate, it was pretty exciting. Um, and I've had the opportunity to work with, you know, Jouet, Kate, um, Lancer Skincare as well, Lancer yeah. Dermatology and a number of other brands. And um, it's, been, it's been quite a year. So good. Yes. It's so good. So exciting. Well, I think one of the things that you do so well is really help brands get clear on their strategy and work with them on brand strategy. So before we dive into that, mm -hmm. can you help clarify what brand strategy is mm -hmm. and sort of tell us about why that's important and what that entails? Sure. So um, brand strategy is essentially how you're going to be meeting what your brand's goal is. So every brand, you know, generally every year there's there's new goals. Um, I've found most of the brands I've worked with, the goals are um, very connected to sales. So mm -hmm. say, you know, our goal is to grow 25% this year. And then the strategy is the roadmap. So, okay, how are we going to get there? Um, within that strategy, there's different tactics. So for PR, for example, one of the tactics for growth is almost always brand awareness. So yeah. growing brand awareness. So how are we going to grow brand awareness through, you know, reaching new customers? Maybe we're going to work with a new pool of influencers or, you know, we're going to start really focusing on broadcast because that's an audience that we're not usually speaking to. So that can be some of the tactics. Um, and it is incredibly important. The funny thing is, is over, you know, my career looking at brands I've worked with a variety of sizes in terms of, you know, how long they've been around, what their revenue is, um, prestige, mass. Mm -hmm. The ones that have been the most successful are the ones that really have that clear strategy. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of moving parts. It's the digital marketing team talking to the product development team, talking to PR and sales. And it's really just that well-oiled machine of everyone's moving together, you know, for this one common goal. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so important. I think it's, you know, there's, there's so much that goes into the day to day when you're running a company and when you're building a brand and it's easy to get lost in those details yes. because there's just it's so much to do. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but I do think stepping back quarterly and Absolutely. really getting clear on what is the goal? What mm -hmm. feels like success? Why are we going after this? Yep. Is this in like looking at it at this, like we're at the halfway point of the year, yeah. taking a step back and looking and being like, is this working? Are we spinning our wheels? Right. Is there somewhere that we can tweak and change? Can we step back somewhere? Right. Maybe focus that energy on something that we are seeing a result exactly. from? And like, constantly being in communication with your team mm -hmm. and even if that team is you yeah and yes. which sounds crazy but like writing everything down it's taking a look at true. the number and just blocking a day to really look at that helps you not waste your time and mm -hmm. waste your money and waste your resources absolutely yeah it's yeah. always a work in progress and evolves a lot yeah and i think it's if you're small or if you're big mm -hmm. it's always the same um so you are truly a master at building brand awareness you have done that so Thank successfully you. for so many people um when you are looking around and you're seeing emerging brands, maybe it's people that you follow on Instagram mm -hmm. or people that you're exposed to just through your line of work. What are three common mistakes that you see emerging brands make in building their brand awareness? Sure. I, I think 
the number one mistake I see is um, that brands don't know, really know who their customer is. Um, I think a lot of brands think they know, and it's funny, a lot of brands also, I think, create who they want their customer to be, and um, that's not actually who their customer is. So, um, of course, when you're, you're launching a new brand, it takes time to know who that customer is, right? Oh, yeah. You have to build a customer base, yeah. and then you have to get to know them. Um, but it's really important whether you're a brand that's you know, launched in the last two years or you're a brand that's been around for 10 to constantly communicate with your customers and know how, who they are um, because that can change, too. Yeah. Um, and when you know truly know who your customer is then you can go after them so a brand that's done this so well is of course glossier and in the beauty space i hear so many brands constantly using them as like the benchmark of success and yeah. we want to be like glossier and with that a lot of brands say we want to be like glossier targeting millennials but you know there's a lot of other different uh, generations out there and you might think you, you you want to target the millennial, but your customer might actually not be a millennial. They could be Gen X, and that's absolutely fine. You just want to reach your customer. Right. But I, once you know who your customer is, then you can kind of craft a strategy of like, okay, let's go where they are. So yeah. that's number one, know your customer. Um, number two, I would say is um, don't just go to one, um, one media channel. Uh, so sort of diversify the media yeah. channels. Um, I, I see some brands that think, okay, social media, and again, I think it's, you know, they're reading things, they're hearing these buzzwords, they're listening mm-hmm. to podcasts, they're talking about, you know, the 1% of brands that are huge and how they've done it, you know, with a digital strategy. And of course, digital is very important, but I, I, I think brands are forgetting that it's not just like a one size fits all. Right. And it's not always, you know, just digital media. You've got to kind of cover everything. And Mm -hmm. I encourage all the brands I work with to do that. Yeah. Um, So I would say that that is um, another another big one that is a mistake I see brands making. Yeah. I mean, I know from a video perspective, yes, we focus on digital video. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously our area of expertise. But I make video for websites and trade shows and parts like little mini clips of video that lives on the top of like a newsletter you know like Mm -hmm. the video can be embedded in lots of different places and i think having a multifaceted united front strategy helps the brand feel really elevated and secure and locked in and not so piecemeal Mm -hmm. and it's important to be able to tell the story across lots of different fronts because you want to connect with a lot of different consumers and you want to connect with once you know who your consumer is you want to be able to connect with them in lots of different Mm -hmm. ways so yeah, so you know, so important, <laughs> so important. So if you were chatting with an emerging brand mm-hmm. and they were working on building awareness, what would you tell them to focus on? Like the top three things that they really need to pay attention to as they get this process going. Sure. Um, so one again, know your customer, find out who they are, and then target the media's that you know that are going to speak to them. Um, so that's number one again. Um, number two, this is where social media and PR really go hand in hand. Um, PR is PR and social are probably the two biggest uh, awareness drivers today, um, and you really need both. Mm-hmm. You can't have one without the other. Um, 
I've just seen firsthand that brands that um, invest in social and of course investing in a great team, yes, but beyond that, like advertising, you know, paid social, um, retargeting advertisements, that is so huge. And think about that, you know, as as yourself, I'm a sucker. I constantly am victim to purchasing because of retargeting ads Um, or social media. Same thing. I see an ad on social. Um, I think a brand that's done a phenomenal job of that is Away Luggage. Yeah. Um, They created so much buzz. They had ads that looked like it was content, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it, it was an ad. Um, so I think that's uh, a really important one. And then the, the third thing I would say is that as you're working with influencers, assuming that you are, um, and or media, I should say, if you find anything that moves the needle, whether it's in terms of traffic to your website or uh, ideally sales, really focus on that outlet or that influencer. And if you have any dollars to spend, put it there because that is the diamond in the rough. Um, And the landscape has changed a lot. 10 years ago, you could get a a placement in People Magazine and your product could potentially sell out that week. Or, um, you know, a celebrity would talk about you and same thing. Um, Unfortunately, that just doesn't happen these days. So when you find something that is moving the needle, um, you know, look at your Google Analytics. If you've got a marketing team or digital marketing team, have them take a deeper dive and then let, you know, your PR team know whoever, whoever manages that, like, and focus on, on the people and the things that are actually driving. Totally. Yeah. Awareness is everything. Yes. So once... So when you're working with your clients and you kind of get this initial, you see the needle move and it's mm-hmm, kind of this mm-hmm. initial roll, how do you keep that buzz going yeah. when you're just emerging onto the scene? So Amy and I were just talking about this because we've both been in the industry yeah. for about the same amount of time and how much has changed. Yes, of course, yeah, we all crazy. hear this, but even in the last couple of years. But when I started in the beauty space, you know, 12 years ago, um, it was all about the big brands. It was about the Lauder brands, the L'Oreal brands, you know, these brands that have been around for decades, um, really big in size, all of it. Um, And I've always been slightly partial towards the niche indie brand. I think just as a publicist, I like to to be involved with brands that get excited about growth and and every press hit. But um, today it's kind of completely flipped and now it's about certainly in the beauty space I think in the fashion wellness a lot of different categories it's about the the indie brands yeah and um which is cool and and great for indie brands challenging now for the brands that are established and have been around for a while so um I would say there's a couple of tips. Um, number one, you have to um, you have to offer newness. So mm-hmm. you, at least you know at least twice a year. It really should be quarterly. Come out with something new, something that's relevant. Um, don't lose your DNA because I've seen brands you know just follow the trends and it doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't yeah. feel authentic to who they are. Um, so that's a big one. Coming out with newness. Um, two is partnering with like-minded brands. Um, and, and doing collaborations. We talked about yeah. capsule collections, things like that. Um, and also looking for brands, you know, in different categories. When I was at Kate, um, we did a partnership with Gray Malin, who's this oh, incredible yeah. photographer. So good. He's amazing. And he's been partnering, you know, with, he's got a collection with Splendid right now. Yeah. And, um, we worked with him and it was a great way to reach a different customer base. Yeah. Um, he was like-minded with the brand, you know, his, his products are, um, 
are expensive luxury goods and Kate is a luxury brand and it was a great way to reach you know a potentially different audience um, that was essentially more or less the target Kate Somerville totally. customer so that's another way I to, love that. Stay relevant. Yeah, and I think that's really smart. And there's also so many influencers. If you are a brand that works with them, yeah, my list is just never ending. Yeah, it's quite overwhelming actually. But <laughs> I, I feel like you can never stop. So there's always new people to reach yeah. and engage with, and then of course continuing to build the relationships with the people who've always supported the brand. Totally. Yeah, that's really important. And I think when you are able to work with someone who really truly loves the brand and has been with you for a while and grown yes. with you for a while, that relationship is so valuable so because valuable. they understand. Yes where you were and then how far you've come uh -huh. and that's a wonderful thing to be able for mm -hmm. for them to be able to share with their audience exactly so, well yeah. we talked a little bit about the importance of not just focusing on one part of digital mm -hmm. for your for your strategy that you want to include a lot of different elements mm -hmm. um, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about striking a balance yes. so how do you find a way to be inclusive and be able to communicate with your consumer in a lot of different verticals without it feeling too heavily in one vertical. So it's not yes. like all Instagram or all People Magazine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like there's a mix. Yeah. So I think like the the percentage ratio, if you will, probably varies per brand, and um, it's it's hard to define it that way. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's it, it's more about again beating a dead horse here. Um, <laughs> Today's knowing your customer, <laughs> know your customer. Um, so but it's so important. It is so and you're important. wasting your money if you don't, yes. and your time. So like. you know, Kylie Cosmetics. I am sure she'd be thrilled with like a you know New York Magazine hit. That's yeah. a great publication. It's great awareness. Um, potential, you know, uh, investors or people down the line who are reading that. There's different. Um, outcomes, there's different values to different media types. Yeah. But at the end of the day, her customer probably isn't reading New York Magazine. So yeah. it's, you know, n knowing where they are and focusing on that area. Right. But having a balance. So, um, funny, a couple of the brands I work with, one is definitely more focused on the influencer mm -hmm. side. Um, one is definitely more focused on the traditional side. And I'm there for both of them to help kind of bring them into the other arenas. Yep. And um, I think they've both seen success kind of dabbling in those other spaces. Um, so they will continue to focus on whatever channels are moving the needle most. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really important. Yeah. Um, the other thing I will add is I'm still continue to learn with all of my brands where there'll be a press placement or an opportunity that will come up and I say, okay, great, you know, not particularly excited about it, but nice opportunity. And then when I hear from the digital marketing team or an influencer say, who I think, well, we, you're, you're definitely on brand, we'd love to work with you, but maybe they're not as big as some others we've worked with. I hear what they drove, what the you know digital placement drove to the website or how much um, new followers and influencer yeah. gave the brand. It amazes me that you know you don't want to pigeonhole yourself because yeah. there could be incredible opportunities that are really valuable. And yeah. if you're so singularly focused on one thing, you're missing a lot of them. Yeah, and you know I think it's so important for 
brands to recognize that micro-influencers are actually really valuable people and that their relationship with their community is so different than a larger, more encompassing person or brand because they're just able to really reach out and connect yeah. with their community in a different Absolutely. way. So, yeah. And I the mean, Nanos, too, now. The, yeah. the Nano Influencer, there's another name. I mean, we're, we're Nano Influencers. It's we're learning so much. people. I know, yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, it's true, like, because at the end of the day, you turn to your friends and family. Exactly. So it's kind of a way to do that in the virtual space. And, of course, you're always looking to you know, the editorial spreads or celebrities or the larger footprint people. But a lot of what drives your day-to-day purchasing and your day-to-day spending is friends and family. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's such an interesting way to think about it and Mm -hmm. such an interesting way to use the space, which kind of leads us to our next question. So if you are a brand just starting out and you didn't quite have the resources for a PR team, um, first of all, I think, can you talk a little bit about working with a PR expert on a on a scalable level so maybe it's just like one campaign mm-hmm. instead of a constant retainer yes and then where would you say a brand is best served focusing their strategy before they're able to bring a PR team yes. or a person on board with them sure so I'm gonna answer the second question first yep perfect <laughs> um, so I think the most important thing before you invest in PR is to know that you cannot go in expecting your investment to come back tenfold. So PR is in 2019 an awareness driver. I say this to all of my clients because I like to be incredibly upfront with expectations yeah. and realistic. Um, I, I want them to know what they're going to get. And if they're not happy with that, that's absolutely fine. But I just know how it works today. Um, It is number one, awareness driving. Of course, sales are a part of that, but I think a lot of brands, PR is expensive. Good PR is expensive. Like like everything, any service. And a lot of brands invest thinking, okay, we're we're putting in X amount and we're going to get that back times three. That is not not a time to invest in PR. If you need that back times three, save that money, put it into marketing, focus on sales. And there are things that you can do on your own, which I think we're going to get to a little bit later. Um, But that is first and foremost. That's kind of when you know when when you're ready. Um, When you're ready is when the PR is really just overall lifting the brand awareness. Um, You maybe have had some great organic press, the business is doing well, but you want to take it to the next level. You want to reach, you know, new customers. Maybe you want to tell more of the story. So if you have a founder or an expert um, telling their story, getting them out on podcasts, maybe getting some business profiles, things like that, um, that's a really great time to invest in PR. Um, And then working with different, so who to hire, I guess, right? And and what scope to your first question. So, um, you know, of course there's PR agencies. Um, More and more, I feel like an agency in in some ways can be more traditional, right? Mm -hmm. Like when I started my career, it was all about the big big New York agency. In the beauty landscape, not much was happening in LA. Now, so much is happening in LA. And LA, I think overall, tends to be a little bit more of an entrepreneurial environment where there's a lot of freelancers, a lot of consultants, and uh, yes, like us. And um, so there's different services that can be offered. Um, 
So I think first and foremost, it's about, sorry, that's my, my puppy's head, (laughs) um, is finding somebody who resonates with you and your brand. So if you're meeting with an agency, find out, it's great to meet the founder, of course, but they're not the one that's going to be communicating with you day to day and working on your brand day to day. So making sure you meet the person who's on your account and really have a great energy connection with them. Um, and then if you want that more personalized attention, that's a really great opportunity to either build a team in-house if you can um, and have somebody who's just dedicated to your brand constantly or work with a consultant, someone like me who only takes on a couple of brands at a time. Mm -hmm. um, So you know that you're really getting that that quality time and the attention. Yeah, I mean, and I think as we see the landscape continue to shift and change, you know, it's it is a great resource for a brand to have someone who is maybe independent mm-hmm. working with them, who has agency experience and understands the landscape and has all the wonderful relationships, but isn't trying to service twelve clients right. or ten clients. Right. And you know, and you aren't a part like you're not one of a team for each of these brands. It's you. And so you have the opportunity to really know the story and what they're working on and what's going on. And you're so versed in it that it allows you to pivot with a brand in real time instead of trying to react because you miss this key part of information because Mm -hmm. you're actually being pulled in like five different directions. And like, you know, not that there's anything wrong with agencies Mm -hmm. and there's some amazing agencies doing incredible things out there. But I think especially as a smaller brand, starting in a more one-on-one relationship Mm -hmm. gives you the opportunity to grow together and lets you partner with someone who is really focused on your story and your growth around that story. exactly. And it's just a different experience, you know, and it's like... And projects, and that's, mm -hmm. I think, was your, your first question, you know, PR retainer is, you know, a big investment. Yeah. Um, what I've learned in the first year of my new business, and Amy and I were chatting about this before we went live, was that um, I realized that I had a lot of interest from brands who really weren't budgeted for full scope PR, mm-hmm. but just needed some guidance. They just needed, you know, yeah. somebody who knows the industry um, to kind of guide them in terms of, okay, here's what you can do with the budget that you do have, because today there actually are things that you can do. Um, and, or maybe there was a big launch that a new product launching or the brand was new and they really just needed some initial buzz, yep. somebody to get them out of the gate. And then they've got, you know, a marketing manager in house who can, for the time being, hold down the fort. Yeah. In, take the incoming press inquiries. Yep. And so it's finding somebody who's flexible to work with you maybe for three months at a time yep. or hourly consulting where you've got them if you ever if you ever need to pick their brain. And actually, I've, I've decided as of the fall that yep. I'm going to be offering some of those services. Amazing. Well, my microphone. Oh, <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like you were saying, you're going to start offering hourly and more kind of Piecemeal isn't the right word, but flexible consulting. And, you know, I think that's really important. And I think it's something that, as the landscape continues to change, is increasingly important. I know I offer consulting and I do that flexibly too. So a lot of times I'll meet with a brand and I'll look at their current video strategy. I'll look at their Google Analytics. I'll look at their SEO and I'll be like, okay, this is what's moving the needle for you in video. This is kind of where you can fine tune and so that you get more return for your investment. And sometimes that leads to video campaigns. Like I'll make a campaign for them. But sometimes 
sometimes they just need someone to help guide them and be like, this is really great. You're missing the mark here. And this is a waste of your time and money. You should stop doing that. You know, exactly. in, in a more, exactly. in a more finessed way. Yeah. But, but that's so valuable. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, sometimes you just need someone who's an expert in the field yes. to look at it and be like, okay, cool. Like, this is great. That's terrible. Don't do that again. You know, exactly. and it's because you don't want to, when you're, when you own a business, time is money and you don't have time to be the expert in everything. Mm -hmm. So I think recognizing that increasingly you're able to tap experts and get their consultation is such an incredible thing and such yeah. an awesome gift. And, you know, it's a DM can go a long way. Absolutely. Know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I love that. And I think it kind of brings us to our next question. So I know a big part of your job is working with different teams mm -hmm. for brands. So there's marketing, there's, you know, there's a digital team, there's, you know, your PR part of it. And all of that together is making the strategy. Sure. So if you're a young brand, you're an emerging brand, where would you say, like, it's really worth investing your money in this as you're getting things off the ground before you can bring in all the pieces of the puzzle. Sure. Um, so I, I guess a lot of people have different um, opinions on that, right? I, I love this Bill Gates quote, if, if I had $1 left, I'd spend it on PR because of course it's great for me to have that. that Bill Gates said that, but, um, and I, I do think PR is important, um, very important. That said, in Today's world, digital, um, if you have a direct-to-consumer brand, invest in your e-commerce. Yeah. Invest in that. Invest in a team that really knows what they're doing. Um, there's a brand I currently work with um, who has a fabulous uh, director of digital marketing. And he said to me when I started with them, we met and talked about all the things we were going to be doing with PR. He said, get, get the customer to me. I'll convert them. And it was so powerful because it really is true. You could have tremendous PR, but if your website doesn't look good, if your product's not great, it's it's not going to sell. Right. And I think you really need to invest. Um, for me personally, as a consumer, a lot of it is about um, is about that customer experience on yeah. the website. Um, so I would say that is probably the most important thing. Yeah. The digital marketing, having a great strategy, having a great website that's user-friendly, that's compelling, that makes you buy because people jump on and if it looks, you know, yeah. not top-notch, there's so much competition they're going to bounce right off. Yeah, your visuals are really important. Totally. And I think being able to tell your story through your visuals Yes, is and that's where critical. you come in. Like, having critical. the video content, I mean, again, not to talk so heavily about beauty, but a lot of the brands I work with are sold at Sephora mm -hmm. and you know what is so important there is having these brand videos which yeah. I know you've worked with a lot of brands yeah. to create that are compelling and, and educational and show you how to use the product give you yeah. that before and after yeah. and um and and especially in in beauty that is such a visual space it's it's hugely, right. hugely important. yeah and I think it's one of you know it's something that we were talking about off camera too mm -hmm. is really understanding how to capture that content correctly yes. because for beauty in particular it's challenging yes the formulation of product doesn't always read on camera the way it does in real life and so it's knowing how to manipulate all of that so it looks the way it is when you're in Sephora yeah. so it's all true to the video 
But it's also being able to tell that story and engage with consumers and reach out to new people who may not know about the brand mm-hmm. and are learning about it for the first time. Yeah. And you really want to make sure that you're making a great impact yes. so that you can have enough in sales to bring in PR yes, to elevate exactly, that story. Exactly. It's all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Well, I love that. Um, so what are two to three things like mistake wise that you see brands making when they're coming out of the gate? that you wish you could just like call them and be like, please change course, change gears. <laughs> let me help you. I can't do that. Um, <laughs> hmm. So I think sometimes I see brands that are a little bit mixed with their messaging. Mm-hmm. And again, not necessarily telling a cohesive story and a consistent story. So I think there's so much work that has to happen before a brand launches. And I've also worked with some brands leading up to launch where I consult with them and I help them, you know, here's what you need. Here's your timelines you have to meet for PR. Here's what you need. Um, if it's makeup brands, like here's what makeup artists are looking for. Here's what editors are looking for. Here's what influencers are looking for. And, um, it's really important to have that all in place. Like mm-hmm. know what that story is, know how you're communicating it by the time you launch. And I feel like there are, I've seen a number of brands that launch and that's not really fully flushed out Yeah, and it's very clear. Yeah. And so their, their messaging is not consistent. Um, you know, the visuals aren't consistent, the whole thing. Um, and I think it's really hard to sustain customer loyalty mm-hmm. when that is not a super clear, you know, we yeah. know what we know who we are. This is who we're speaking to. Maybe we'll get some more knowledge on that and tweak it a little bit. Like we know who we are yep. and this is our message. So yep. I think that's, that's the, biggest, biggest thing I've seen. Yeah. Cause they feel like it is, I see it a lot too. And I see a lot of, they'll come out of the gate one way and then it doesn't make the big splash that I think they were hoping for sure. or anticipating. And then all of a sudden you start seeing them like turn this way, turn this way, turn that way. And it's like, they're either grasping for trends yes. or yeah. they're sort of partnering with like 12 different, totally radically different sorts of influencers. Yeah. Like it's like instead of yes, just like staying yes. the course for a minute and letting people get to know who they are, it's like, oh, well, we didn't come in and like suddenly make this like huge profit margin that mm-hmm. we were expecting and sell out of everything. So now we're going to just like, you know, scramble yeah. about. And it, conversely, it winds up driving consumers away because it's like, you don't know, like, who are you? What's your right. deal? And I think what you said about influencers is another really important thing um, to note. I. I tend to be in the mindset of, I really believe if you have the right PR and you have a great brand, you can get a very long way organically. Mm -hmm. And I am pro organic content. Um, I'm not, I've partnered with many influencers. I am not against paid partnerships. I think they're can be incredibly um, impactful and beneficial. That said, a lot of brands I think are jumping on the bandwagon that has again evolved in the last couple of years. So it's, it's already changing and, um, are just paying for everything. So they're partnering, partnering, partnering. And you know, when you have, like you said, 12 different influencers who maybe aren't consistent, hashtag ad, hashtag Mm -hmm. partnership. It just is, is very, is a very different 
message to the consumer than right. seeing somebody who is authentically talking about a brand. Yeah. So I would say before you go in, you know, guns blazing, we're okay, we're going to get the uh, everything paid, like really think about how much work you've done organically first and try yeah. to get as far as you can. Well, so. yeah, and I think marrying those strategies together because there is something to be said for paying for a partnership yeah. to help get the message out. Exactly. But paralleling that with organic content yes. because it also it gives you street cred. You know, yeah, it makes the con it makes the product more valid because yeah. people are actually enthusiastic about it. They're seeing real results. Mm -hmm. They're not being paid to say they see results. Right. Like they're experiencing yeah. that. And I know as a consumer, I'm looking for a mix. Like I'm expecting a certain amount of paid partnership. Like I know that's yeah. part of the game. But I'm also looking for people who are just like, hey guys, I'm not getting paid, but this is rad. Like I love this thing. Exactly. This is really working. Like I did a lot for that with Kate. We um my first three years at Kate Somerville, um, we worked very closely with many influencers and celebrities and mm -hmm. some of the biggest and um, nothing was paid. And at that time we were part of the Unilever prestige portfolio and all of the other brands in the portfolio were paying and a mix, a yeah, mix of paid, yeah, not yeah. only paying, but a mix of paid and organic. And we would have these, you know, quarterly meetings with all of the PR heads of each department and talk about, you know, what we were doing, what was working, what wasn't. And it constantly I was asked, like, how are you getting the results um, without paying? And I think what it what it was was well one there was great product yeah. two we had services to offer which was a huge that's asset if you helpful, have yeah. anything that's experiential I mm -hmm. think use that and leverage that as a PR tool because yeah. sending a box of product among the pile of boxes that yeah. they receive um, is one thing but you know having something that they can experience really um, deepens that relationship and and will get you a lot further but. Um, beyond that, it was it was also we created a buzz without paying, mm -hmm. so there was a sense of people wanted to be a part of it, yeah. and so there wasn't that expectation. Like, well, they they knew that you know the brand wasn't a brand that paid, but that was okay because everyone was talking about it and they wanted to be a part of the conversation as well. So. Totally. Yeah, and I think also taking the time to build those relationships yeah. and bringing people in for the service and being there and mm -hmm. checking in with them and chatting with them. And not only do they get to experience it, but it gives you a chance to educate them more about the brand and the products and the services being offered. And it gives them an opportunity to share that with their audience yeah. and in a really authentic way. And it's awesome to be coupled with products that really work and services Absolutely. that are incredible. Yeah. And you know, that doesn't hurt. That doesn't <laughs> hurt. So, but it is such an important thing. And I feel like having spent a lot of my career on the other side and being lucky enough to get to experience so many of these different things, that is not always the case. Mm -hmm. And so when it is the case, it is something really special yeah. and it does get people really excited about it. And I know for me, like I, I loved that no matter, I knew no matter what we worked on together in that front, it was always going to be a home run because people were going to love it. It was very reliable and yeah. I could test it out on myself and know like I have super oily skin. This was a game changer for me, you know, right. and like I knew I could do it from like a really honest place. And when you're making content from that place, it's such a game changer. And I think if you have a great product or a great experience and you're able to share that with people in a real way, 
it moves the needle so much more than just writing a check. Absolutely. You know, it's such a different experience. I completely agree with that. Yeah, and I think the more saturated the space becomes, the more important the authenticity. Yes, it, yes. Like, nothing can beat it. And it, it's changing already, and it's changing mm-hmm. rapidly. So, yeah. I agree And I that. think as a brand, or even as an as an, an influencer, and you're putting your name to that, like being able to really handpick those things instead mm-hmm. of just like take everything that comes your way. Yes. You know, is is important. And I think as we move forward in the space, it's going to be kind of what separates to the top. Yeah. You know, or the people who actually have a little a little bit of a a VIP mentality about yes. it. Like yeah. thank you so much for the opportunity. This isn't quite right right now yeah. versus, you know, yeah, whatever. Yes, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> and that's funny too, on the influencer side, um, I actually was on a panel a couple months ago talking to influencers more in the the um, micro influencer range, and um, one of the things I said was how important organic content was to a brand. And all of the partnerships I've ever done for brands yeah. have all been with influencers who organically promoted the brand. So it, it does work that opposite yeah. way of you know a brand wants to work with somebody who or most brands want to work with somebody who is genuinely a user of the products yeah. and talking about them. And that's a great way to get the attention of a brand you want a partnership totally. with because they can see that and see that you are passionate. And yeah. then when they are able to invest or when they're doing their, their next planning for what, what that strategy looks like, you're you know going to be on the list. Yeah. I love that. I think that's such great advice and it works both ways, yeah. you know, from the brand perspective and from the influencer yes. perspective. And that's awesome. Well, is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you'd like to cover? Do we miss anything? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, you know, the only thing I would say, I want to make sure my mic's not getting covered, um, is going back to as we were talking about PR and when to invest, all of that is, um, I, I get a lot of inquiries from brands. Um, I, always take a call, even if yeah. I'm not taking on business. I always have a 20 minute call with the brand. I always find myself giving them tons of advice just because that's me and I, I like to help people out. Um, but what I often tell brands that maybe aren't budgeted for full scope PR is you can actually do quite a bit on your own today. And mm-hmm. so I would just like to say that quickly because um, again, when I started my career, everything everything was so different. But you really couldn't. I no. mean, you needed that Rolodex of, you know, New York Times editor and the Vogue editor. And if you didn't have that and if you didn't have that relationship, that was it. Yeah. So you had to rely on PR. Um, and most brands at a certain level also rely on PR because they need an expert. Um, but if you if you aren't budgeted, if you are out of the gate, focus on your digital marketing, get your sales up, make sure you've got your retail partners in place yeah. if that's a part of the strategy. Um and there's a lot you you can do, and you mentioned one of the biggest is um, you know DMs now because of social media we have it's access amazing. even to editors. I mean, don't bombard them, my goodness. But um, if there's somebody, so many of the editors are influencers in their mm-hmm. own right, makeup artists too. If there's somebody yep. whose work you admire, whether influencer, makeup artist, wellness expert, if you're you know a nutritionist, if you're a wellness brand, a stylist, if you're a fashion brand. Yeah. 
send them a DM from yep. the company Yay. page yeah, yeah, yeah. and let them know you know we're fans of your work. We'd love to work with you. Here's what we'd like to offer you, whether it's you know free products or a, an experience, something mm-hmm. like that. Don't be too pushy. Just ask them if they're interested. And I, I think you would be surprised yeah. how many people respond. And yeah. when we go back to that lit long list, never ending list of influencers that I'm screenshotting daily, if I don't have a friend, a close friend who, who knows them, I that's how I connect with them. Totally. I send them a message. Oh, yeah. Quite successful in most cases. And if they're not interested, I've had people say, no, I'm not looking, you know, I'm not looking to partner with any skincare brands right now, whatever it is. But um, I think you can go pretty far yeah. just doing that. And I feel like there's never any harm in asking. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be a stalker. But I think like there's never any harm in dropping an email, sending a DM, like, and start following these people that you're interested in because the other thing is you'll start seeing them tag and follow other people in the space who you maybe didn't know. Yes. And as a former editor, you move quite a bit. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of the nature of the beast. So it's interesting to kind of see where people land and where they go. And, you know, it's, it's kind of starts like a virtual Rolodex. And yeah, I mean, you have so much more accessibility. My God, when I started 15 years ago, it, there was no way in. Like that was, was you could not lived by that media. Excel list was the Bible. Yeah. And you know, it was, even being in the industry, getting from publication to publication was really challenging. I mean, it was such a different landscape, yeah. it was such a different experience. And I think now it's so nice that there's such a group yeah. and it's so much, the community itself is so much more supportive yes, and open than absolutely. it ever has been in the past. And I think that's amazing. And I think as a brand and even as a consumer, you really can reach out and be like, Hey, I love this product. This is so great. Like love what you guys are doing mm-hmm. with this. Or like, Hey guys, I love X, Y, and Z from, from you. So I bought this and it just didn't live up to my expectations because, and they actually take that feedback yeah. into consideration. Like they are like, Oh, good to know Absolutely. because they want people to tell them they yeah. want to, they want the feedback. They want to know. Yeah. And it's such a wonderful way to have a relationship with a brand and maybe you wind up working with them and maybe you don't, but I think it's always a great way just to build mm-hmm. more relationships. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Such good mm-hmm. advice. So smart. Well, where can everyone follow you? Where can they find you? So I am Meg Young. Um, my personal is Meg with an S, Meg's Young. And my um, business Instagram is at Meg Young Media and MegYoungMedia.com. Perfect. Well, you guys follow along because Meg is genius and her work is beautiful. You. So you should definitely check thank it out. Guys, my dear. Oh, thank you. And all right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. This is thank super fun. You. And I'll so see you guys fun. next week. All right. Bye.